knew what to do. Psalm 92. He knew that. God has commissioned his name to his house. In his house. So, to be in the house of God is in its pristine state, right? Not what we have today. In its pristine state would be equivalent to finding God in heaven because of the presence, the name put there. So David can't go to heaven, can he? He can't. So if he's going to find the next best thing where God's presence will be found is his presence. Now, we may argue, God's presence is everywhere, right? God's presence is everywhere, but his presence is not manifested everywhere. You understand? So there are places where his, his presence is continually manifested. And those are places where he has consecrated his name. Like he said to Israel, like he said to Solomon, like he said, and so forth, right? So, listen to what he says in Psalm 92. Okay? Verse number 12. He says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those, those who are, who are in the, shall, in the court of our, now here's a question. Who plans them? Themselves, ne? angels, God. Who plants them? It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall be, shall flourish in the court of her. They shall still bear fruit in there. They shall be fresh. <laughs> you see that? You see that? It's telling you being God's household does what? Freshens you up. So, because we, here's the thing. We, we, we are in contact with sin every day. We are in contact with, with evil, with darkness, with all these uh, spiritual pollutants that exist in our world today, right? Now, naturally, if you are dirty, where do you go? <laughs> do you go to the ocean to go bath? Or the river? Huh? Unless you want to contact some spirits, right? But naturally, go to your house, you bath, right? He's saying that the, the house of God provides that element for us spiritually. It freshens us up. It says it freshens you up and then it causes you to flourish. And they shall declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness. There's a reason why I want to give you this understanding, right? because of the series that we will be commencing on from today, right? I told you that we will teach on the unknown God, right? And it's, 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 it's almost important that this understanding be 
finished in your mind all right because most of the things that we will discuss if you have this understanding it will anchor the truth in your in your soul and in your heart okay so open your mind and allow yourself to learn amen so i said uh, x 17 okay x 17 verse number x 17 verse verse 22 amen then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said men of Athens I perceive that you are very religious in all things. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. He says, I was passing by and I was looking at the object of worship. So there were altars all over. You found the altar for Zeus, the altar for uh, whoever, right? And then he found one altar that had the inscription to the unknown God. And Paul says, him whom you worship without knowing, him I declare. What a way to begin his discourse. What a way to preach the gospel. They had an altar to the unknown God. They must have heard or must have seen or must have realized that they, they, must, they must be. And in their ignorance, they said to the unknown God. They were honest. We don't know him. He's unknown to us. But he's a God. And to their surprise, he was the God. He was the God. So, so they, they, they gave offerings to this God. But they didn't know him. <laughs> Maybe that's even one of the reasons why Paul allowed, the Lord allowed Paul to go minister to them. Because they kept offering upon their altar, but they didn't know. And this encapsulates very clearly the dilemma of the Christian man and woman today. It is that we have been introduced to a gospel about a God we don't know. We know him from the pulpits. We know him from our Bibles. But we barely know him experientially. So even though we are Christians, we profess Christianity, 
Even though we offer our sacrifices of worship, our sacrifices of praise, even though we come to church, serve, we don't know Him. He's unknown to us. He's an enigma. He's a mystery. And Paul says, the one whom you worship without knowing is Him I declare to you. That means Paul, Paul knew something about him. Otherwise, you couldn't have clearly articulated this God to these ignorant Europeans. Correct? But he was unknown. And today in our generation, he is still unknown. He's still unknown to many of us. He's a mystery. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. To know Him is to understand life. To know Him is to live. To know him is to discover yourself. You see, a human being or a Christian's identity is lost in our ignorance of the Holy Spirit. So, the greatest yearning of God, the greatest yearning of Jesus Christ as we will as we will learn is that all his people should acquaint themselves with this Holy Spirit he was without a doubt the secret to Jesus life to Jesus ministry to Jesus success to Jesus efficacy If there was a man who had attained the depth of fellowship with the Spirit was Jesus Christ. He showed us how as a man, a human being with flesh and blood can commune with a Spirit. He showed us how without the influence of Spirit, all the possibilities of man are lost forever. It is spirit that makes the difference. Jesus is the proof of that. The Bible says in his days of ministry, he said nothing. He did nothing without the spirit. Showing us that a man can be so dependent on the spirit that his entire life can be so given, so dependent on the Spirit, that it is almost as though the Spirit is living their lives or his life through them. The unknown God, the unknown God. And here's the irony of it all. The irony of it all is that 
even though we may profess Jesus Christ, our only hope of escaping this world, of escaping the corruption that is in this world, is the Spirit. He is our only transportation vehicle to the Father. Without Him, we can reach God. Without Him, we have no contact with God. The Spirit. If there was someone in whom you should invest the bulk, the majority of your time in is the Spirit. Because once you learn to know Him, learn to understand His workings, you are made man. You are made woman. Because there is nothing in this life that can surmount you. Nothing in this life that can supplant you. Absolutely nothing in this life that can destroy you. Because then you would have known all the secrets. You would have known all the keys. Because you have the master of life guiding you causing you to function in this world and in this life. The unknown God. The reason for failure in Christianity is this one. The unknown God. We don't know him, so we fail. We don't understand him, so we stumble. The root cause of all failure in Christianity the lack of knowledge regarding the spirit. No, it's not that we don't pray or don't do It's because we don't know the spirit. The reason why we don't pray, we don't know the spirit. The reason why we don't attend to the word, we don't know the spirit. He's the reason behind every failure. Our lack of knowing him, of understanding his works, is the reason why we fail. When you know the spirit, there is no confusion. Job 34. Job 34. Job chapter 34. Job chapter 30. Job 34. Verse number... Verse number. <clears throat> Let's read verse fourteen and then we'll read another. Another part. Are we there? Listen to this. He says, If he should set his heart on it, if he should gather to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together 
and man would return to the dust. In other words, what's keeping the components of your flesh together today is spirit. He said if God should gather his breath, his spirit to himself, he says all flesh will return to dust. Telling us that what is holding the elements, the components, the atoms of our own organs and physical structure is who? Spirit. If he should remove his breath from you, you see, there is spirit and there is breath. Those are two different things. Breath is what gives you life. Spirit is what makes you. Okay. Chapter 33. Chapter 33. Are we there? Verse 4. He says, The Spirit of God has made me so the architecture of your body, the architecture of your species is a direct originate from the spirit. So the spirit of God has made me. And then he says the breath of the almighty has given me life. That's why when God, when God raised Adam, after he was clay, he made him. Right? It was not spirit that resurrected him, his breath. God did what? He breathed into him. So even though most of the time God's breath and God's spirit are used synonymously, they're really not the same. Do you understand? Spirit is personality. Do you understand? Spirit is person. When you blow, is it your spirit? No. You understand? So he says, if he should gather to himself his spirit and his breath, he says all flesh will disappear and will return to dust. It shows us who we are without the spirit. We are absolutely nothing. We are nothing but dust. Without the component of the spirit in our lives, we are nothing but dust. This is referring to your physical structure. What more your life? Telling us that your life without God's breath, your life without God's spirit is nothing but dust. It's emptiness. It's vanity. The spirit of God has made me. Has made me. In other words, he is the one that was responsible for your architecture and for your creation. He made you. He made you. And he says, the breath of the Almighty has given me life. Has given me life. So the Spirit of God is present in every human life. In every human life. He is there. Can I read you something? Huh? Okay. Same Job. <laughs> woo, woo.
We there? Chapter 32. You know, you can have everything in life, but if you don't have understanding, all you have becomes non-beneficial to you. You understand? You, you can have all lights, all technology. If you don't have understanding, they, they will not reward you or benefit you in any way. So understanding becomes the most important thing to possess. You know what the Bible says? Wisdom is that? With all you're getting, get. With all you're getting, get wisdom is the principle, but with all you're getting wisdom, get understanding. Because understanding is the bridge, the link between wisdom and knowledge. Without understanding, wisdom cannot be applied. You need understanding to apply wisdom, which is classified as knowledge. Do you understand? So when, when, when you have had an understanding of a subject, that's where knowledge comes. Knowledge doesn't come before understanding. And by the time you get to knowledge, that means you are now able to relate with that knowledge. You are able now to apply that knowledge, to, 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 to practice that knowledge. You see, because that's what knowledge is. It is the practicing of wisdom. But it requires understanding. Understanding. So to know the unknown God, you must understand it. That's how you know God. You, you understand how he works. You understand how he moves, how he operates, how he thinks. Because you can't say you know someone unless you understand. The Greek word is synesis. It is a mental putting together. When you are able to, to make the, to fit the puzzle, to complete the puzzle, that's synesis. When you are able to take different components and make them fit like a glove, that is synesis. That's why Paul says, in malice, in malice, in the things that he says, be babes. Be babes. But he says in understanding, he says, be ye male. Malice is when you know the 11 members of your team. And you don't know the 12 apostles of Jesus. You know everybody in Barcelona. But you don't know if I tell you now to name all the kings from David, oh my God. Name 12 of them in that league, oh my God. Oh my God. So that means you are mature in malice, but a babe in understanding. Because there is referring to spiritual understanding. You understand? So spiritual understanding is what saves you from trouble. Because when you are, here's the thing. Wow. 
we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. So be, be babes in malice. Don't know more than, don't know anything in this life more than you know or understand the things of God. Do you understand? Praise the Lord. Now, now listen to this, ne? listen to this man. Now, this is Elihu. You know Elihu? You know Elihu? Who knows Elihu? <laughs> Elihu now is speaking. So this guy is quiet all this time. Right? He's quiet. All these guys are babbling, whatever, saying whatever, whatever, whatever. Now at the end, this guy says, I'm tired now. I'm tired. Let me say something. Okay? Now, my focus is verse 8. But I want to give you context. Okay? He says, now, because they were, they were years older than he, Elihu had waited to speak to Job. This is the reason why he kept quiet. Now, when Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouth of these three men, his wrath was aroused. And here's what's interesting. When God began to speak to Job's friends, he only addressed the three. He was angry with the three, not with Elihu. Did you realize that? Or if you read the story? When God addressed, he only addressed the three friends of, as though Elihu was not in the picture. To sort of, you know, allude to the fact that this guy was what? Was representing Yahweh, was representing God. So before any encounter in your life, you need to meet Elihu. Because Elihu is the voice of sanity, the voice of insight, the voice of wisdom. Okay, let's not get into that. So when Elihu said there was no answer in the mouth of these three, imagine 32 chapters, no answer. <laughs> Yeah? Four hours, like, no answer. Ten hours, I need to answer. Yeah, Mam Tenji, that's what I did. Yeah, Mam T, that's what I did. Ten hours, no answer. You need an Elu in that case. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay, now, when there was no answer in the mouth of these three, his wrath was aroused. Okay? When Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouth of these three men, his wrath was aroused. Verse 6. So Elihu, the son of Barakay, the Buzat, answered and said, I am young in years, and you are very old. Therefore, I was afraid and dared not declare my opinion to you. I said, age should speak and multitudes of years should teach wisdom but but there's a spirit in man he said i said age should speak and multitude of years should teach wisdom but there's a spirit there is a spirit in man there is a spirit in man there is a spirit in man. Oh my God. There is a spirit in man 
and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. He says, There is a spirit. He says, The part of you that God breathes in is your spirit. He says, There is a spirit in man. There is a spirit in man. He's not talking about the heart. He's talking about the spirit. He says, There is a spirit in man. I said, Age should teach. And multitude of years should teach wisdom. But there is a spirit in man. There is a spirit in man. It is something that the textbooks of this world have not yet discovered. That there is a spirit in man. There is a spirit. You see, the power of spirit is that it transcends knowledge. It transcends age. You see what he says after that. So he says, the spirit of man is where God lights, where God inspires. Okay. Uh, Proverbs 20, 27. And then come back to Job. Because Elihu is saying something. He's telling this old man something here. Are you there? 2027. Please read it. Uh, let, let's wait for, for folks to find. Are we there? Okay, let's read it. The spirit. The? The? The, the spirit of man is the lamb of yeah so so your 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 spirit is the light god uses to search all the what in what parts so god knows you by your spirit do you understand God knows you by your spirit. He's a spirit. So his, his most comfortable realm is spirit. So he puts a spirit. Now you must notice what God is doing here. You must notice what God is doing here. Because what he's doing is a heavy revelation. It's a big revelation. God takes flesh right takes clay molds it into flesh and then he does something he puts a spirit inside a man he puts a spirit inside a man what what could be the reason for god to do such a thing animals don't have spirit plants don't have spirit Yet, they were taken from the same ground. The one don't need spirit, but this one, God gives him spirit. And here's the strange thing. When this one dies, when his spirit dies, when his spirit ceases to have communication with God, the man continues to live. Is it not the spirit of man is the thing that is responsible for him living? 
the primary purpose for the installation i'll use that word of spirit inside man was not for the machinery of life blood is there for the machinery of life he says the life of a soul is in its blood so the design of god the plan of god the purpose of god in in placing a spirit inside a human body inside a man was not just for the machinery of life because you continue to live without spirit as long as you have breath because he tells us the spirit of god makes me and it's breath that gives me under that gives me life So, he put spirit in man. There is a spirit in man. There is a part of you that can only be accessed by God. There is a place in you that can only be accessed by God. And he says, that place is called the spirit of man. Is the spirit of man. So God was showing us something that he was always purposing. The fellowship of God with man. Because man without spirit can't commune with God. Spirit to spirit is not spirit to flesh. So he says there's a spirit in man and the breath of the almighty gives him understanding in other words there is the faculty of you that god works in that transcends all human knowledge all human wisdom all age that if you can have that part of you open you can access ancient mysteries about life ancient secrets ancient truths about living because the components the elements of that dimension does not depend on age elihu was the youngest but he was the wisest they could not provide the answers that job required it was elihu that that said hey you guys are talking about sin but maybe god was doing this to show his greatness maybe job the reason why you are suffering is not because you sin but because god wanted to show his greatness in your life and to man that's what Elihu said they said you are suffering because you sinned you are suffering because of this job said i'm righteous all only Elihu came with a higher revelation just god wants to show his greatness why there's a spirit in man he had access something he had access the place of inspiration the place where god inspires solomon found it out later he says that place is the light of the lord is the candle of the lord is what god uses to light up your life if that place is dark your whole life is dark so he says there's a spirit in man. So you have a spirit by God. You have a spirit. And it is from that place that God in 
Says he gives him inspiration. This is the breath of the Almighty. So you have a place. I mean, you, you're a human being, right? So there's an element of the soul with you, right? And it is with the soul that you interact with people, that you interact with life, right? Okay, right? You interact your body with the physical dimension, right? That part of you that you don't interact with all the time is the most important part. And who will you interact in that dimension? Spirit. Spirit. So Job encapsulated, he said, the Spirit of God has made me. So if this one is responsible for my being, that means every single thing about my life will be found from him. He made me. He has the blueprint. He made me. He has the design of my life. He made me. So to know him is to be made in life. It is one of the greatest mysteries in life. Destiny is not fulfilled in the classrooms. Destiny is not fulfilled in the university halls. You are not a failure because you did not finish school. Because in life, that is not a priority to God. It is a priority in this world, but not to God. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Because of how this world, how this system was designed, it is a priority that you get a qualification. But to God it is not. Because had it been a priority, he would have went to the universities in the Jew, in the... No, no, no. If God ever wants you to be learned, it is a strategy, it is a weapon. If God ever wants you to have a degree, that thing he has meant for it to be a weapon. It is, it is a strategic thing that God does. It's like, it's like God putting uh, uh, Moses inside the palace to, to be learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. Did God use any wisdom of the Egyptians in the wilderness? No, it was a strategy. So there are other priorities about life that must be encapsulated in your understanding and framework of life. So that you don't end up living your life Thinking what are priorities for you are priorities with God. So the discovery of the Spirit becomes very vital, very vital for you. Very vital for you because no human being is created the same. 
That means no life is designed by the Spirit the same. So you cannot copy and emulate from another's life and think that implementing what another person's success was will be success to you. God has made it deliberately so that the only place you can go to find yourself, to find your identity, to find your purpose and destiny is only Him. You can't go anywhere else except to the Spirit. So, in this series, I want to address why many Christians don't know Him. And why many Christians don't understand Him. And we will see from the Word of God. It is the easiest thing to know the Spirit. It, Can we start? Genesis chapter 1. We must always start in Genesis. Always. Genesis 1, verse 1. Genesis 1, verse 1. We there? Thank you, Jesus. Please read verse 1, verse 2. Yeah, in the beginning. Yeah. Now, now look at that. It says, now, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the... Now, the Bible is not clear as to how he created it in Genesis. So, if all you had was the book of Genesis, right? If all you had was the book of Genesis and the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. How? You, you will start speculating, right? Because he doesn't say how. All he tells us is he created heavens and the earth. He doesn't tell us that maybe he took a shovel and he went and started digging the foundations. Correct? Now, what, is, what, does this, what this tells us is that there are things in life that can be created without human involvement. With humans, there is a process, right? With humans, you build, if you build, you get people, they build, they do all that. With God, that process is eliminated. So he creates the earth, he creates the heavens, right? But the Bible doesn't give us the process. So the process of creation is, you know, is veiled from the reader of Genesis 1 verse 1. All we know is that wherever the beginning was, God created. 
And now to create is bara means to, 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 to create from nothing. In other words, there were no raw elements, raw materials that God used to create. Do you understand? Now, the earth is physical, is a physical entity. The, earth, the heavens are spiritual entities, right? Spiritual to us, but natural to spirits, because it is the abode of spirits. Now, how the process of creation took place, we don't know. We know, oh, God is God created, God is powerful. God created, God, God, God was powerful. He created, He's powerful. That's why many of us will never know God. You see, because in, 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 in the knowledge of God, that's where many people end. God is a creator. God creates. Fine. How? Because you appreciate Him more when you understand His ways, His operations. The children of Israel knew His acts. Moses knew His ways. They were shocked when the Red Sea opened. Only Moses understood how it happened. Because the Bible says a what? A wind. From God blue. No, they just saw things party. My God. <laughs> to, know how, to know how God works is much important than the works themselves. So, for God to create is a revelation of who he is, right? He is a creator. But how does he create? So in the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. How? So just imagine, we don't have, we don't have Genesis chapter 2. Because the reason for, I mean, Genesis uh, chapter 1 verse 2. The reason for verse 3, 4, 5, 6 is verse 2. Just suppose we don't have Genesis chapter 2. If we don't have Genesis chapter 2, then we don't have all those other things. So all we see then is God's pristine creation. You don't know how he created. So with that template alone, do you think you can know God? Talk to me now. With that template alone, Genesis 1 verse 1. Do you think we can know God? That template does not allow us to know the Lord. Does not allow us to know how he operates. Because God's first revelation of himself in creation was as a creator. So he creates to reveal himself. Right? But, but, but in revealing himself, the revelation stops. Because the template does not allow for him to what show more of himself to us so when you look you see oh creation god is deep but how how he's deep how so when you read verse 2 you read verse 2 with a greater level of appreciation because you understand that it is verse 2 that finishes the template of creation Without verse, really, without verse 2, we, we do not understand God's processes of creation. Now here, we are looking only at Genesis 1 without the consideration of all these other books. So you read verse 2, and the earth 
was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the waters of the deep and the spirit of God hovered upon the face of the deep oh all of a sudden this whole thing blows up it blows up in your face because now you realize something that God's agent God's component of creation is spirit the Bible says and the spirit of God hovered you see without that template all you know about God is that he's a creator and you don't know how he creates but then you you read verse 2 because verse 2 opens the whole gate to the entire chapter he says okay Genesis 1 2 and 3 is the history of creation and man right now without verse 2 that history is lost to us because without verse 2 that means there is no there is no angelic rebellion without verse 2 without verse 2 means there's no fallen state of the earth without verse 2 without verse 2 means there's no darkness without verse 2 means there's there's no chaos without verse 2 means everything is pristine everything is as it was when God created it in verse 1 so verse 2 tells us that how and what God created went into some destabilization era in which things happened which resulted in the darkness of the earth in the uh, 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 formlessness of the earth in the emptiness of the earth but in all that chaotic mess in all that emptiness in all that darkness we see some of the most one of the most beautiful revelations you can ever find in the Bible you can never find in the Bible and it is almost as though God intentionally set up the events of that generation so that we can see this so that we can see this beautiful beautiful revelation it is almost as though God plummets the earth into a state of chaos just so that this revelation can come and the spirit of God hovered on the face of the deep the spirit of God the spirit of God and here's the strange thing you read about the spirit of God in verse in in chapter in verse 2 you never read about him again he shows up and then he disappears yet that is the first revelation of God in the Bible the spirit of God now here's the thing I mean here's here this is this is see it try and see it as I perceived it all right here's the thing God creates right generations pass aeons pass all of a sudden there's a rebellion all of a sudden the earth which God created and remember what he said he does not create the earth to be, to be one. He did not create the earth in, in vain. But the earth was tohu, bohu. In Isaiah, he says, he does not create it tohu, bohu. But it was tohu, bohu. So there must have been a cause to that effect. Correct? So, 
So the earth becomes chaotic, formless, shapeless, dark. It's just like a chaos. And then all of a sudden, this one shows up. It's not the Father. It's not the voice of God. It's Spirit. Just then the Spirit of God hovered on the face, incubated on the face of the deep. And then from there on, he vanishes. So he shows up and then he vanishes. The next time you hear about the Spirit of God is way deep down. You don't hear about the Spirit of God again until far. But he shows up in verse. You know the Bible says it is, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing and the honor of things to search it out. You understand? This thing is a hidden mystery. Why, does, why is it the Spirit that's showing up? Why is not an angel that's showing up? Why is it the Spirit of God? And notice the terminology. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. It's Ruacher and Elohim. The Spirit of God. Brooded, incubated upon that deep. So you know how the earth was, right? So here's the problem, Karola. Ne? Here's the problem with us. Right? The problem with us is that when we read that verse, we are thinking about the earth as a globe. Again, you're, you're looking at the earth as a globe. Correct? Because you're looking, like, then how is he hovering over the earth? How? 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 Is because we're thinking about the earth as a globe. And, and that's what that's what messed us up. You see, that's what messed us up because you see, here's the thing. Every lie, every lie takes you further away from the reality of Christ. Do you understand? That means the lie you have received hinders you from certain revelations in the reality of Christ. For instance, just this thing that we are talking about now, right? The Bible says the earth, and the Spirit of God hovered upon the face of the earth, right? The face of the earth. The, 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 who, who has, uh, let's not use mine. Who has a, a Greek lexicon there, dictionary? Anybody has it? You have it? What does, you don't have it? You don't have, okay, let's use mine then. Invest. Invest. The Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek. All these other things, comes from that particular, those particular sets of manuscripts. Invest. Amen. So, Genesis. Praise the Lord. So, and the Spirit of God hovered upon the face of the Upon the face of the? Yes. So the word there for face is the Hebrew word panim. Right? Panim means the face of God. Now, 
How, how does God's face look like? Okay, not like he's, he's literal. I'm talking about his form. It's like yours, right? Or round, though, some shape, right? But there's his face and then there's the back of his head, right? So when we talk about face, what is it referring to? The, the front, right? The, the front. So when somebody's looking away, is the, are they giving you attention? So you appreciate someone's presence when they are looking at. So the the attention or the face of the person represents his presence. The face of a person represents his presence. Yes, it represents his presence. That's the word panin. Right? So put there and the spirit of God hovered upon the presence of the earth. Put there. Let's read. And the spirit, read, read, come on, read. Moved upon the presence of the. Wow. He moved upon the presence of the. Of the waters. So here's another uh, illogical premise, right? So if the earth is formless and shapeless, right? The earth is formless and it's shapeless and the spirit is moving on the face of the water so it was a large water mess right if that's the case why isn't the water falling from space right because they tell us now how do, tell me how does it make sense how 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 do you think? Matter when you see when you see that means they rotate again. Right? So ra rotate again. So ra rotate. Ra rotate. And then bare hunale go china ba upside down. No, no. Again. So they're walking. They're walking upside down. So why isn't the water falling down in China? Oh somewhere else have you ever heard about it yeah? no it's never happened why why is that so <coughs> because the earth is not globular the earth is circular are you following me the earth is is circular not globular the earth is not like this. So, better the picture, Pastor. I mean, Olevele to Hollywood movies, high guy. Yeah? Uboni Superman, I fly a high guy. Wamona, I fly Superman. I grew up on a movie. He's flying. How many times have you seen Superman fly? Yeah? Or have you seen Hulk fly from here right to Josie with one bounce? Is it real? Is it real? Is it true? Yeah? Is it true? It's not true. Just because you see it on TV doesn't make it true. Yeah, but the earth is the earth is circular. Who who has seen it? Who has seen it? Yeah, Mara, yeah, they've been to the moon. Now let me ask you a question. Who the Bible says God made two great. God made two great. 
So as far as God is concerned, the moon is not a planet. The, the moon is a what? So the moon has light. It may not be to the same degree as the sun, but the moon has. Why can't we reach the sun, but we can reach the moon? We can't reach the sun, right? But we can reach the moon. Why can't we reach the sun? The sun is hot. The moon, oh, the moon is not hot. The moon is like dust, full of dust. Where have you ever seen the moon dark when? Bushi, when you stand up there. Barno, Barno, Mara, how is it that Again, plus by the time we let that little tamay lili legan chela go America, why we no wanna move? So the light let that little fit and the cross over there. So who's fooling who? And could this be the reason why many of our faith in the reality of Jesus is hindered? The Bible says, and God made a firmament in the heavens. You know what's a firmament? You know what's a firmament? Let me get you my Hebrew dictionary. A firmament. And God made a firmament. You know what's a firmament? Huh? Rakia. You know what's Rakia? Rakia is an arch in the sky. An arch in the sky. To better put it, a dome. God put a dome in the sky. So, and you remember what they tell us, science? But the reason why you see the sky is blue, the sky is blue because of the reflection of the sun. That's why at night the sun is black because there's no reflection coming in. But you read the Bible, it's not really so. When you read the Bible, it's not really so. The Bible says the sky is blue because there are waters above. Let's read here. God made a firmament, the Rakim, an arch in the sky. I'm still talking about the Spirit of God, but I just want to show you something. <coughs> and let there be a firmament, a dome. Let there be a firmament because it's too difficult for you again. Let there be a, a dome. Where? Yes. Give a six, Morelli. Let there be a dome in the midst of the waters. Oh, okay. And let it divide. Okay. Let it divide the waters from the waters. Give Bible, no. Let's see what you really believe in. Who you really believe in now? Your science books or God? Let it divide the waters from. Okay. So the so in the midst of the waters, right? Version between misking, misking in between again. Ah, okay, okay. So it's a it's an arch in the sky. That's a firmament. It's an arch in the sky right that sits between what the waters so it sits between the waters 
an arch in the sky that sits between the, the waters. So the arch, the firmament, acts as a what? As a divider, as a separator between what? Between heaven and earth. Are you following me? It sits as a separator between heaven begins where the, the firm, where heaven begins where the, the earth, the dome is. So going up is heaven, going down is you following me? Now this is God's creation. Now I go science. You take it whatever you want to take it. That's your own thing. Okay? <coughs> now he says, Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters. And divided the waters which were. Oh, oh, there are waters under the firmament. From the waters which. Oh, Jesus. From the waters which were above the. Now all of a sudden, oh, all of a sudden, let's question evaporation. When God said in, to, in Genesis to, to Noah, did he say, I'm going to evaporate quickly the sun? <coughs> yeah? Quickly, I'm going to evaporate the waters. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Quickly, there's going to be a flood. What did God say? I'm going to open the, the windows of heaven and the fountains in the earth to let the waters from the beneath and the water. He says he'll open the windows of heaven. For rain to come. So the rain doesn't come because of operation. Rain comes because God does what? Yeah. Why when there is judgment? Why now when there is a drought in a place? How? Evaporation is illegal. Because there's the sun, right? So evaporation for evaporation and condensation. All these things to be, to be successful for rain to come. You need the sun, right? So when there's famine, there is the sun. Why are the clouds for me? Because evaporation is taking place. Let's talk to me. Evaporation is taking place. Because for evaporation to take place, it needs what? The heat from the sun. And when the heat comes, it causes the water to change its state. But the sun is out. Three years, the sun is out. No clouds are forming. Where is, where is the process of evaporation there? Does it make sense? It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. Because why is the sun selective? Or this day can evaporate. No, this day I give evaporate. But you are burning every single day. Talk to me. So there's a, there's a problem with your science. There's a big problem with your science. And, and you see, they saw this. They saw this because when they read them, you must understand, before the earth became a, a, a globi, a glob, globular, the, the church always had the, the secular, the geometry, uh, geometrical, uh, uh, they had the earth as a, as a circle. And then they came. But no, no, this thing can't be, can be so. But Columbus, he traveled the earth. He mapped the whole earth. No, 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 no. The earth is 
a globe and the earth rotates around the sun with other planetary bodies the sun is in the middle so the sun is in the middle the sun is not moving the earth is the one that's moving the earth is moving and then the sun is not where the moon is every planet has its own moon so earth has its moon Saturn has three moons and the other has 18 moons Uranus there are moons so the earth rotates around a 24-hour axis around the the sun and 365 degrees around it's the sun's orbit so around its own axis is 24 hours around the sun is so why is that wrong and i mean we're rotating what have you ever seen satellites have you ever seen satellites orbiting around the, the earth you, you you know you know you know how how fast they travel it said they travel between 10,000 and uh, 12,000 kilometers per hour that's how fast the satellites move. It's what they say. It's what they say. Right? But here's the problem now. Evaporation? No evaporation. Because the Bible tells me that God put a firmament to separate the waters from above. So what happened to the waters from above? You see, you see, you see, you see our problem? I'm sure you've read that many times. You, you just wife it. But I can see this thing. It's too much for me. This this thing. <laughs> but when God makes it rain, he opens the windows of heaven. And why must we pray for rain if it's nature nature must take it why must we pray tell me why must we pray for rain when the sun is always day evaporating the sun is always doing its job i know the condensation and then i think a condensation this precipitation and then and then when Yanapu. Duped. We've been. You see, if you can't, here's the thing. Here's, here's what I'm saying. I'm still talking about the spirit, but I want to show you this. If you can't believe God's process or God's. Uh, 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 how God sees creation, you can't walk with the spirit. There's a place with the spirit that. Because, because there's a lie you see you're operating under a lie you understand what i'm saying you're operating under a lie you are told that you are moving around the sun you are moving but in reality the sun is the one that's moving the moon is the one that the earth never moved okay all right Peter, how do you go, Peter? Amen. Peter, chapter number 
Peter chapter number I think it's chapter number 3 if I'm not mistaken if I am sorry <laughs> Praise the Lord Peter second Peter chapter 3 verse number Four. Verse 4. Praise the Lord. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 4. You read it please. And say, where is, you know them again, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as the world begin. From the beginning of, now, now read verse 5. For this they will now, now, no, Bible is, Bible, Bible doesn't say they ignorantly forget. Or they willfully forget. In other words, on purpose, they willfully forget. And Baba They willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens of old, and the, now, the heavens of old, and the, and the, and the what? And the what? And uh, please talk to me. And uh, and uh, and the earth. What doing? What? I didn't. I didn't hear you. Standing out of. And in the. Oh wait. The earth is standing out of the water and in the water. You see, the people that should have made you fail are the ones that are true failures. See, now you now imagine when now when Allah know the earth is in the bar no you're wrong. Bar no fail. Who faith is science? Bible. It is the earth. It, they will feel forget that it is God who created the earth that does what? Standing out of water. The earth is standing out of water and in water hey does that sound familiar genesis chapter number one so where's globe here because earth what's earth earth is land again earth the word earth means land what is land what is a land talk to me what is a land mr isaac what is land? It's a flat surface. It's a piece of flat surface. Highly so, high sale land, king, ki hill. Highly so, high sale hill, king, ki mountain. So now, why is the earth now all of a sudden something so spectacular from what God designed it to be? All of a sudden, science is telling me that the earth is, is like a globe. Hard mess glow. But the Bible is telling the earth is standing in the water and up out the water, that means it's floating. In the water, that means is is where the waters are. That's why if you dig deep down, you will find what? <laughs> when you go to the beach, the beach goes like this. And give Now talk to me. 
So the earth is globe. Let's, let's not finish. Let's finish this thing. Let's finish this thing. <laughs> you there? Are we there? 40, Isaiah 40, 42. Isaiah 40, 42. 40, 42, you there? Ah, eh, 40, 22. 40, 22. Sorry. 40, 22. Verse 21. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the... 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 So, God sits above the circle of the... How does the earth look like? It's not a theory, it's Bible. You read your Bible, the Bible makes sense. Okay, what about the sun and the moon? It's simple. It's simple. The Bible says the sun, okay. The Bible says the sun rotates around the sun. Let me read it for you. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, let's read uh, Psalms. So, so here's what's interesting, right? Here's what's interesting. Long uh, Since you were born, have you ever seen the sun rise that side? Have you ever seen the sun go down that side? It always rises from and sets in. So, Mara, why Mara, the sun is rising? I get it, the earth is moving. So, why about the sunrise? And sunset. So, it rises, but then it's not moving. So, how is it rising? Now, I'll see you sunrise. I'll see you sunset. So the sun is always rising and always the earth is not the one that's rising. Why? If it's rising, that means the sun is doing what? It's moving. The Bible says when he, after he, he acquitted Hezekiah, he turned back the dial of the sun. He turned back the dial. Not the earth, the sun. That means the dial moved back three spaces. What moving? Earth or sun? It's setting. When it's setting, you see it go down. Do you see yourself go down? So between me and you, who is moving? When, I mean, when a plane goes from one end to the other end, who is moving? Are you moving? You know, scientists will convince you. No, it's actually you're moving because the earth around you 
you, you know, the ground around you is unstable, so it's moving. And, 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 and the plane that you're seeing is actually... <laughs> Devils! Lies! Lies! La How many of you have seen burning stars or shooting stars? You've seen it at one point in your life, right? Who's moving? Is it moving or you're moving? But no, but no, galaxies are created when stars blow up. What have they, were they there? Were they there when that star was blowing up? So, Bible is a supernova. Were they there? When they saw that thing blow up. And they said, no, this thing is a process that takes place over, over 3 billion years. 3 billion, 3 billion years. Three, were they there? So why must they be an authority in something they were not eyewitness to? Why? Because you know, some heavy PhD, whatever. But this guy was not, not an authority. Over 18 billion. What, what is 18? How can humans quantify 18 billion years? Quantify it. But no, we checked the we checked the we checked the 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 the, the rocks. We looked at the rocks. These are archaeological studies. Bible, here's Bible. Bible is clear. Bible is simple. The sun is one that's rotating and moving. The stars are the ones that are stationary. That's why sometimes during daylight, if you look pillar, you'll see stars shining. So let's go back to Genesis. Because there's a reason why. I wanted you guys to see that. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, Genesis. Let's go back to Genesis. Let's, let's, let's round it off. Let's round it off. Right? Let's round it off. And God, and God, now, come, come now. Then God said, let the waters divide. Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one, one place. And let the dry land, ah, uh, and it was so. And God called the dry land what? So, wait. So, 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 so what is earth? Wow, earth is what the waters made space for. Bible says, let the earth appear. Appear meaning it was there. So let the earth appear. It's appearing from where? It's like a globular. Let the earth up. So the earth is a circle where they don't. It's a closed system, this thing. It's a... There's only one man that has left... Three men that has left this earth physically. Only three men that has escaped this earth, left this earth. Enoch, Elijah, Jesus, plus the church. Plus the church. Listen, the bride, the church that is raptured is the bride of Christ. I'll leave it there. Yes. That's why the, the Bible says when he, when he ascended from and disappeared from the side, they wonder what's happening. I know Jesus climbed stairs to heaven. Amos. Amos, Amos, Amos. 
Amos. Amos. Azatin Basalwan. Amos, ne? Okay. Before Amos, let's 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 watch Psalm 104. Psalm 104. Psalm 104. You there? Are you there? <laughs> uh, you got it, right? Don't cry, okay? You've been lied to for your whole life, so I understand. Don't cry, don't cry. Don't cry. See, there's only one person I believe more than anyone. It's Jesus. It's, I don't believe all this crap. All this crap, that, I don't believe it. Because if I choose to believe it, that means, now I'm saying God is a liar. Who created the earth? Is it them or God? Man, who must I believe? Now you will cry. When you see this one, this one will make you, this one will make you cry. So there's a firmament. Ne? There's a firmament. Remember the arch in the sky? The arch in the sky, the dome in the sky. Right? And then there's waters beneath, under the firmament, and there's waters above. Right? So, between the waters here on earth and the waters above, there's what we call chambers. Chambers are, is what Jacob saw when he saw a ladder from heaven to earth. Above the waters is where the beginning of the heavens of God begin. Are you following me? You following me? So, geographically, Heaven is not far. Heaven is not. Heaven and earth are. Oh God. Heaven and earth are joined together. You see, I've been, I've, I've been to heaven in many different ways. I've gone through the tunnel that everybody sees when they die. I've gone through visions and I've ascended. I've ascended as a spaceship or a rocket would ascend. And I can tell you, it's, not, it's, it's, far too, it's far to your thinking because you're thinking heaven. Jesus Travis is my sister. I mean, they say to go to reach the sun. To reach the sun. You might have to live 18, 18 lives just for you to reach the sun because it's light years away. If the sun is that far, how far is heaven? And now the sun is not above the firmament, it's in. That's why I look prior so. How not? There's an ozone layer. No, there's an ozone layer. Oh, you want ozone layer when? The sun is right here. You know what? You know what John said? Huh? He said, our, he says the angel here spoke to the angel of the sun. He says, hold it. Oh my God. So how far was the sun? 
How far was it? Light years. Imagine that it might be a hot sun, huh? For it sir, to reach, I mean, 18 light for you to reach where it is. How shall I Interstellar? You know the, the movie Interstellar? The sun is far. Mara, when there's a point, if you know the movie Interstellar, there's a point where they're just, they're just passing, just passing the sun, by feet, but they're not burning. There's a, there's a place, there's a part in the movie, after they came back from uh, whatever time, fifth dimension or whatever, when, when he was coming back, he, he, he passed through the sun. He, the sun, <laughs> he didn't burn him. But we are here on earth, light years away, and we are being fried. So, so I said, don't cry now here. Ne? Don't cry now here. Now, verse number 2. Chapter, chapter 104, verse 2. Ne? Who cover yourself with? As with a? Let's talk about the Lord, right? You stretch out the heavens like a? Like what? He stretches out the heavens like a? He lays. He lays what? The beams. Now, now, okay. Kimang salahang or kimang understanding. What's a beam? What's a beam? I will have a beam of light. In 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 construction, what what's a beam? You know a beam, right? What's a beam? Yeah, timber, right? And normally, a beam is used for stability to stabilize the structural integrity of a building, right? So he says, he lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters. That makes sense. He lays the beams, right? So the structural elements of his upper chambers where in the waters so let me ask you upper chambers what's upper chambers upper chambers means stairways or staircases that's the word there staircases so the bible tells us that he lays the timber or the beams of the staircases in the waters so where do those beams connect to why must there be staircases where are they going where are they reaching? We're not done. Go down to verse 13. Ashifa, Now you will understand, my bro, why, why, why the patriarchs lived in mountains. Read, read, read. He waters the hills from his. Ow, Ashifa. He waters the hills from his. Ooh, the earth is satisfied with the fruit of your. So these upper chambers are openings in the firmaments. Do you understand? They're open. When God says, I open the windows of heaven, He's talking about the firmament. He's not talking about the gate and holding. No. The, he called the firmament in Genesis chapter 1, He called the firmament what? Heaven. That's what He called the firmament, heaven. So when He opens the firmament, these are what referred to as his upper chambers, opening staircases. Let's read Amos. Hmm. Um, Amos chapter number 
I think it's chapter number 9. 9? Am I right? I don't know. If I'm not right, I'm not right. What can I say? It's life. Chapter 9, verse 6. You there? You there? Now, verse 6. Are we there? He who builds his... Oh, oh, oh. He who builds his... Stairways, steps. That's all about a layer. His layers. <coughs> so... He builds his stairways, his staircase, his steps. <coughs> Where? <coughs> in the? <coughs> no, in the dome. In the heavens, in the firmament. You see that? So he builds his layers in the? <coughs> he has founded his? <coughs> he has founded his? 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 Dome. He is what? How about Anger? Then there is a biology geography. the stratosphere. Again, the mesosphere. <laughs> now, where's the stratosphere? Where's the stratosphere? Okay, Alit. So, the stratosphere is the sphere furthest away from. The earth, that's a stratosphere. Mobarikingi, ke strata. Mara, the Hebrew word for strata, ke binding. Or dome. So, he has founded his strata in the earth. So, the dome, the binding is where? In the earth. He calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. How? He calls for the waters of... He calls for the waters of the and he pours them out on which sea? The one here, the one there. <laughs> so now, now you, you're seeing something, right? You're seeing that the earth, the earth is is a magical masterpiece, but it's a very supernatural masterpiece of God. And within it, there are mysteries. Are you understanding? Are you follow, following me? There are mysteries. So, forget this globe thing. Again, forget it. By now, you should be convinced. I've given you more than four witnesses. And it takes two to confirm a word. Right? So now you have more than four. If you're not confirmed by then, you're an unbeliever. You're an infidel. We're done with it. Bible is Bible. Stick to Bible. Leave other things alone. Amen. Now, from this is you can see that the Lord still makes accommodation for access points between heaven, His heaven, and earth. You see, probably that's the what Jesus took one of the stairs there. You see that. So, going back to Genesis chapter one, verse two, I want to show you something. There's a reason why we discuss what we discuss. So, do you see, if you believe what 
mainstream science has taught us you have wrong conceptions about the Holy Spirit can you see it your conceptions about the Holy Spirit is wrong and this will let you into the idea behind this deception the idea behind the deception is this get them not to think about God get them to think that they are gods that's why they rather worship the Son than worship the Creator and you look throughout all the religions what's the prominent idol worship worship of the Son so make humans seem superior that's why even when you read Greek mythology the gods are big but they're not bigger than humans because the gods still depend on the prayers of the humans to be sustained both Zeus Zeus is the all-powerful one but he was weakened if you if you watch clash of the titans or wrath of the titans whatever you see Zeus becomes weak because so make humans make humans look big let them think they can travel the galaxies travel the world go to mars now now there's this whole mars thing going on right elon Musk is busy he's 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 setting up himself to be the president of mars jeff bezos is busy now when when men have conquered the earth they look to the stars but now they want to conquer they want to conquer the god of heaven is doesn't this sound familiar genesis chapter 11 let us build ourselves what a tower that reaches to the heavens oh boy they don't know he has all the money in the world blue origin you have uh spacex <coughs> busy now barring space exploration my point is this my point is this my point is that the world is under a lie and if we don't know it for instance for instance has technology advanced now has technology become greater yeah? has technology become greater than it was in the 1960s 70s under jf kennedy they went to the moon right they say so america went to the moon in 1960 something right they've never been able to go back with all the technological advancements with all the things that are available today why why haven't they gone back why no why haven't they gone back i mean how long has nasa existed no but, but by our space station go to the space station what what not what not hey from here to up there is high oh Earth is a very high place and you can go far before you leave the firmament but you can't go out of the firmament forget it you can't you you can't you can only only spirits know the pathways to enter here see when you go to heaven when you go to hell right when you you know where you must bypass yeah? you know where's the gate of hell yeah you know where the gates of hell they're not down there they're up there for you to go to hell you must go up to go down 
It's, it's weird, huh? It's weird, huh? But that's how it is. That's for you to earth is down, hell is down. But for you to go, you must go up. Go up. Where are where, where the high, high, most high-ranking demons? Where are they? Are they up or are they down? They up. The high, most high-ranking demons. Where are they? What are they guarding up there? What are they guarding up there? When, 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 when the angel was struggling to get in, was it from up or down? <laughs> the angel was coming from up. He couldn't get in. Why? He says, the princess of Persia was holding me back. Life is a deep mystery. And you have to have the faith to believe God. You see, what we're sharing sounds, you know, superficial. It sounds like... Because our minds have been programmed. We think, we think. Like I told you, like I told you, God is not like man. God does not need raw materials to create. He created the earth without anything. Anything, he created it. But not human, no. You gotta build. You gotta, you gotta build. No. No. So the reason why sometimes even when we read the Bible, there are certain things we miss. There are certain things we cannot access in understanding and in knowledge. is because of the lies that have become strongholds in our lives. So we can't see as we should see. So even when we come to Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, we, 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 we can't really see what we should really see. All we see is from our contorted mind we see the darkness we see the we see the chaos we, we see the, we see all these messed up things but the the one true thing that we should see we miss why is a lie a lie will hinder you prevent you from accessing reality that's why the, the bible says the truth is in jesus christ and if you have been taught the truth by him you can only get truth from jesus only, you can only get truth by Jesus. Because if you have the wrong, your visions will be wrong. But I was out and you know the, my God. The Bible talks about the four corners of the earth. Four corners of the earth. Four. four. Does a globe have corners? Does it? But the earth has pillars. And you know how many pillars the earth has? Do you know how many pillars the earth has? So the reason why the earth is standing on the waters instead of under the waters is because God has put pillars there. And then you ask, where does the water come from? Water is the most spiritual element you can find. Water, the most spirit, because it's its origin, its origin, it's 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 the it's the apparent child of the matrix, of the spirit dimension. That's why the all these ngakas, all these what they want, they want water. They want 
Why? If, if, okay, so Water. The Bible talks about the cleansing by the washing of the water of the word. Is the pure, is the most spiritual thing you can find. Water. How many of you have been to the beach? You've been there, right? You've been there. Yeah? What do you feel when you get there? Yeah? Peace. Breeze. <laughs> you don't feel what you should feel. <laughs> Feeling the breeze. No, what happens to you, your, your physiology? Something changes, you know that? Something changes. Now, in fact, for a long while now, in, in sports, they've introduced uh, 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 something they call hydrotherapy, healing by water. Water is deep and jesus says unless you are born by the water which is the spirit you cannot see the kingdom he says unless you john 3 3 unless you are born by the water which is the spirit so the spirit is personified in the bible as water and even in here he says there are three that testifies what? Blood, water, and spirit. Water. Made. <laughs> water. Jesus had to be deep for the heavens to open. He had to be emerged in water for heaven to open. It was like his immersion was what? Was like the key that opened the gate for the spirit to come. Except Jesus be baptized, no water comes. I mean, no spirit comes. Especially you know those rivers where the waterfall and then they stand there and then and, and then the spirit comes because it's an opening for another day. Amen. So when the spirit was hovering over the face of the waters, there was significance. There was a reason why. Because the earth was plunged into that state because of water. Water was the cause for the darkness, for the chaos in the earth. Okay, okay. What else? What else? What caused it? What caused it? Because the earth was nothing but water. What's, your, what's the only thing that's formless? It's shapeless. So the spirit is hovering and is hovering over the face of the very thing that plummeted the earth into that state. And is not doing anything. And I said to you, it's the most beautiful thing because we see something about how God works. We are led into insight, a revelation of how God 
truly works, how God functions, how divinity, how this God that we say is the only God there is, really works. God must wait for his spirit. God, irrespective of the circumstance, the situation, God has to wait for the spirit to arrive. So creation is preceded by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because what we'll see God doing in verse 3 onwards is God recreating. And in God recreating, we can see how God really created in the first place. Psalm 104. So, this tells us, man, that for us to truly understand who God is, we must be able to understand and look at who the Spirit of God is. God is a mystery until you discover the Spirit. Until you discover the Spirit, God remains an enigma to you. He says, and the Spirit of God it's the most beautiful, the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. Why was the Spirit there? Number one, because God created the earth to be inhabitable. To be habitable. But now the earth was inhabitable. No habitation to be found. The Bible says, you know Jeremiah? Okay, we'll read it. We'll read it. Okay, maybe, we, maybe we should read Jeremiah. What, what did I say? You should open Psalm 104, net. Okay, open also Jeremiah chapter 4. And you see, prophets don't see everything. They see what they are showing. You understand that? They see, they see what, like Moses, he was, he only saw, he didn't see what he wanted to see. He saw what he was shown. That's, that's, that's how we, 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 we can only see and perceive within the confinements or the limits that God set for us. So, Jeremiah is one of those guys who perceived something of this kind. Amen. You know, you would think that teachings like this, you know, belong to an auditorium. No, big speakers there. Oh, people jumping. The ways of the Lord. God's ways, huh? I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I, I, you know, you know the best thing to have in life, I'll, I'll tell you, the best, the best thing, the best thing to have in life, in life, in life, the best thing is understanding. It's the best thing. It's the, it's, you know how liberating it is when you discover that two times two equals, is this, I mean, it's liberating. Wow, my God. 
when one plus one equals two, when you understand how you got there, it's frustrating to know the answer, but how we to ufikile biarmo. Yeah? You know Hore, this one hadinti mental. Mara the an oh Ogradi Maxaulekana letter ha una nix dolue. You know how they got it. Cramming is not understanding. Amen. Verse 23. Are we there? Let's read. I, 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 oh, who's this? Jerry. I beheld the earth and it was without. Okay, and, oh, and the heavens had no. Does it sound familiar? What does it sound like? Genesis. And I beheld the mountains and indeed they. And all the hills moved back then. And I beheld, and indeed there was no. And all the birds of the heavens had beheld, and indeed the fruitful land was our wilder. And all the cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. Did you see something there? You see something? There was nothing. Yet God had created the earth to be habitable. So what did God do? He withdrew. He withdrew. The reason why you see the spirit in the first place is because all God has to do, uh, all God has to do to destabilize your life, you know what it is? Is to withdraw his spirit. All God has to do to finish you is to withdraw his spirit. All God has to do for your life to plummet into chaos is to withdraw his spirit. The withdrawal of God's spirit is the destruction of all. If he withdraws his spirit, remember, if he withdraws his spirit and breath, everything becomes destroyed. And all flesh returns to dust. So the earth was chaotic because the spirit was withdrawn. But when God wanted to recreate again, who did he breathe? The spirit. 104. I want to show you this because the, 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 the hidden thing there is that what we see the spirit and then we don't hear about him. But that we don't hear about him does not mean his operation stopped. He was behind every single command, every single creation, every single thing that God had made. Are we there? Psalm 104. Ne? You learning something? Okay. Psalm 104. <laughs> Psalm 104. Verse 30. Let's read verse 29. You hide your face. He's talking about the earth throughout. He's talking about the earth, what God has made, things like that, right? The Leviathan, all those things. Verse 29, you hide your face and they are troubled. You, you see, you see that's, that's all that's needed. That's all. That, that's, that's all. God just... Trouble strikes. You take away their breath, they die. 
and they return to the dust. You send forth your... You send... You do what? You send forth your... And they are... You renew the face of the... You send your spirit and they are created. So God's process of operation, of function, is by what? The sending forth of his spirit. So who is the spirit? Who is the spirit? The Bible in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 tells us that he is the spirit of God. In other words, he is the spirit of God. So he is, he is that part of God who is outside himself. So God, okay, let me, let me put it in a way that's more, much more easier. The spirit of God is God sending himself. So every time you see the spirit in a place, every time you see the spirit working, it is God running an errand. Yet the mystery becomes that the one whom God has said is himself God and has a will of his own, independent of the one who sent him. Amazing. Mystery. So God sends his spirit. Right? Because God doesn't move. He does not need to move. There is no way he can go where he's already not. You understand what I'm saying? He is everywhere and anywhere at the same time. You understand? He is himself distance. So, there, there is no way God, himself, everything exists within him. So, where would he need to go? You understand? So, because of the enormousness of that person, he does something in his love for us. He reveals or manifests himself, 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 not differently, he manifests himself in ways we can understand. So the first time he reveals himself, he reveals himself as the spirit of God. And from what we have gathered, that is the spirit that God has sent forth. But the spirit is independent from God. Even though he is his spirit, he is as much God as the one who sent him. You, you following? It's tough. I understand. Bible says without controversy, it's the mystery of godliness. So he comes out, he proceeds. The Bible, Jesus said, he's the spirit which proceeds from the Father. You understand? That means he's the one that comes out of God. He proceeds from him. Now, he proceeds because he has been what? He has been sent. Sent to do what? 
The first priority of the spirit is creation. Right? And the reason why he creates is for habitation. You follow me? And the reason for habitation is for communion. So the spirit wanted a domain in which he could what? He could relate and fellowship and commune with God. I mean with man in executing the purposes and plans of God. You follow? So he, he creates for the purpose of what? Communion in achieving the objectives of divinity. So, in God's mind, and here's the beauty, beauty about it. In God's mind, it had always been God's plan to create man, to create a family. Do you understand? But something happened between the time frame that God has set to create the species with which God would relate. There was rebellion. There was Rebellion. So God's original, original intention for creating man was suspended. Alright? In place of creating man to deal and to subdue the world. Because there had been what? A fallen dimension. So now man is created not for fellowship. His primary agenda now. Not for fellowship, but for dominion. Are you following? But because of the fall, man now needs fellowship in order for him to access dominion once again. So the, 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 the element, the, the component of the agent that is involved in all these different facets of the purposes of God is the Holy Spirit. So in your life, the spirit's agenda now becomes to help you overcome. To help you find your authority in Christ. But the only way you will access that authority, the only way you will access that victorious life is through the fellowship, the communion of the spirit. Now, in fellowship, you are rediscovering the patterns. So without him, life is a stalemate. Your destiny becomes stillborn. You are smacked left, right, and center. A life of victim. Victimhood. Why? The spirit is absent. You see, so you you don't separate the spirit's agenda with Jesus as something different. The spirit came to continue where Jesus left off. The spirit came to finish off what Jesus came to do. And when you look at Jesus' ministry, in his dealings with God, it was always for the purpose of putting Satan in its place and bringing creation to submission. So the reason why creation don't obey you is because you are not submitted. The reason why your body does not obey you 
is because you are not submitted. Once you realign yourself with God's agenda for your life in fellowship and communion and relation with the Spirit, now the order of life comes to fruition. A man's life is shapeless. A man's life is formless. A man's life will come to ruin without the Spirit incubating that life. Is a pattern. Is a pattern. You can trace every distraction in life to the absence of the Spirit. You can trace every trouble in life to the absence, the ignorance of the Spirit. So all the areas where you, in your life, note where you've ignored the Spirit you were hurt. All the places in your life where the Spirit was not consulted you were hurt. So the Spirit is the component, the ingredient that qualifies for your success and progress in life. You don't thrive in life without the Spirit. If life is going to find its architectural shape, the spirit must be involved. So without form means the spirit is not incubating. The perpetuating of formlessness, of chaos, the spirit is not incubating. So there is a call of the spirit for his people to hear once again. That's why Jesus said, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. There's a need in our generation to hear what the Spirit is saying. To hear what the Spirit is, because the Bible says he will not speak of his own authority. He will, whatever he hears, he hears, he is only speaking what he has heard. He doesn't speak something that has not been heard. Whatever he hears, he communicates. And Jesus says the key to overcoming is in that voice, is in that presence, is in that person of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the earth is God's revelation of your heart. It's God's revelation of your heart. When you see God working in Genesis, you are seeing the operations of God in the heart of man. And the heart needs the spirit. Without the spirit incubating, without the spirit's presence, the heart is wicked. That's why they could imagine and create and invent sins in Genesis chapter 6. The spirit was withdrawn. So you look at the framework of your life. You look at the skeletal structure of your life. Its stability or its weakness determines how much of the spirit is involved in that life? How much of the spirit is involved in your life?
You see, your life, your heart is a reflection of your relations to the Spirit. As in what her face reflects, so does the heart reveal the man. So the first stages of relationship is what? Incubation. See, this explains, Chris, why a Christian can have the Holy Spirit living in them and never hear his voice, never have his direction, never have his comfort. Why? There's no relation. You, it's incubating. He's there. Yes, he's there. But for change to happen, there must be interaction. There must be engagement. When God was speaking, he was not only speaking to creation, but he was engaging, stimulating the spirit. The spirit is stimulated by words. Divine words. In life, what you need more than money, what you need more than a great career, what you need more than qualifications, what you need more than education, more than, more than wife, husband, brother, sister, what you need more than father, mother, is the Holy Spirit's presence and interaction. It is God's dream that every one of his children have that. That's why you see, you look at Jesus' ministry towards his end, you see him talking, having much discourse with his disciples about the Spirit. And then he tells them something. He said, it is beneficial, it is to your advantage, it is expedient that I leave. Jesus must leave. Imagine, imagine, Jesus, I must leave. For you to benefit from the Spirit, I must leave. Because if I don't leave, you will not come. If I don't leave, he will not come. So Jesus must leave for the Spirit to come. If I don't leave, you will not enjoy his benefits. So it is beneficial, advantageous to you that I leave. Because if he comes, you will enjoy what you have enjoyed from me and more. And you think about what must have gone through the disciples' minds. You are living. This is somebody that gave them their food. That supported them. Now he's going away. Jesus says, no. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And yes, he has come. He came back to them. He came back to them. He penetrated the heavens. He opened wide the doors of heaven and he came back to them. The goal of God, the vision of Christ was always the spirit. His death was about the spirit. His resurrection was about the spirit. His glorification was about the spirit. 
It is the best gift he could ever give to a human. The spirit. Jesus Jesus can't have the right to distribute the spirit unless he dies, unless he offers himself unto obedience to God. The right he received to distribute, Jesus, I will give you. He came because you are my Lord. He was obedient to the Spirit. He says, if you love me, you will what? You will obey me. And I will ask the Father to say, you see, the Spirit works. He works only in an environment of obedience. We'll discuss that next week. Without obedience, you will never see the Spirit work in your life. Never, never. You, you, you will never see Him work. He will be there, but not working. Because He went. Oh, let, let me read it. Let me read it. John 14 there thank you Jesus it's impossible to draw close to the spirit without this element in your life prioritize impossible the presence of the spirit in our lives is based on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The interaction and operations of the spirit in our lives is based on our obedience. Jesus' obedience got you the spirit. Your obedience will get him to interact and work with you. Some people don't understand. Jesus, you did all. I have the spirit, but my life, my life. You pay, you pay for this spirit to work. And payment is obedience. Obedience without reservation. Men who obey God are called friends. And you see, that's why many of us don't know the Spirit. That's why many of us don't hear that voice. God said we will hear, say, go this way. The Spirit is given to work with the obedience. We'll discuss this more next week, all right? And there's a reason why it's called the Holy Spirit. He doesn't work in your life 
as he should unless you are set apart for God. Holiness is more than trueness, it's more than purity. Holiness means separation, consecration for a work. In other words, the spirit involvement in your life is determined by your commitment to God. By your how much of yourself is committed to God? How much of yourself is set apart for God? That's why we see degrees of operation, even though it's one spirit. Because even in our degrees of commitment and loyalty to God, we are different. It is a concept that is missing in the body of Christ. And I understand why. I understand why. Let me read you something. Acts chapter 20. Acts, oh, understand why chapter 20 we there verse 26 what what i want to read is verse 28 verse 26 says, therefore i testify to you this day that i am innocent of the blood of all men for i am not shunned to declare you, to you the whole counsel of god L listen to this therefore he's talking to the elders right says, therefore take heed to yourself and to all the flock among which the holy spirit the holy spirit has made you oversee us to shepherd the church of God. Can you see this? Bible school. Bible school cannot commission or make you a pastor. It's not. Hey, oh my God. It's not your knowledge of Bible school. That qualifies you. Into the pastorate. He says. Among which the Holy Spirit has made you oversee us. Do you understand that? That means the commission that comes from a ministry has to be from the Spirit. So a person doesn't become a pastor because they choose to. They don't become a pastor because they like it. They don't become a pastor because it's convenient. They become a pastor because the Spirit commissioned that ministry. And the, you see, and the shepherding quality or the shepherding right comes from the fact that the spirit is the one that is what commissioned the ministry. So what begins to happen is because many of us learn how to interact with the spirit on the basis of the leader or the shepherd who is leading us. So our whole concept, our whole perception of the Holy Spirit, of his operation is contorted and is influenced largely by the ministry that God gives. And sometimes the ministry or minister don't represent that ministry, uh, that ministry of the commissioning of the Spirit to his highest potential. So our interactions with the Spirit, oh Lord, let me put it this way. Jesus says this. I mean, John says this. You cannot love God whom you do not see if you hate your brother whom you see. In other words, our interactions with God, 
our feelings toward God are determined by our interactions with what? With the physical components God has set in our lives. Our mothers and our fathers, our pastors and our leaders, our presidents, our governors, all that determines our int- how we will see God. So, if your father or your pastor hurt you, you will see God in that light. Until you learn the way of the Spirit. Because then, your your view of God, your relation to God, will be independent of any extra or any natural interactions you have. And for you to walk the path, commitment to God, utter commitment to commitment to death. Ah. You see, we don't have all of the spirit because we are not willing to go all the way for Him. This is the element that is missing in Christianity: loyalty to God. We rather be loyal to men than to God. Is the element that's missing in Christianity. We are bound by unnecessary ties because we are unwilling to commit ourselves to God. We made the pledge, Jesus is my Lord, but you live like he's your friend. It's not the spirit you have that changes things. It's the spirit you work with. It's the operations of the spirit. The way, the functioning of the spirit in your life that makes the difference. That's why you can be a Christian 40 years and still be like a dead tomb. television come pray he says take that money and give it to that mother wake up in the middle of the night and watch when he calls you do you answer when he calls you do you respond because that's what determines how he will work with you. We have his presence, not his voice. We have his presence, not his cooperation. To cooperate and enter that dimension of partnership must be willing to be obedient you see the relationship of a Christian to the spirit is likened unto the relationship of a husband and a woman the woman must do one thing and do one thing only she must obey she must respect the husband must do one thing and one thing only she must sacrifice he must love and he must beautify the woman 
No man will ever glorify a woman who is disobedient. No man will ever beautify a woman who is disrespectful. It is the same with the spirit. You don't see the woman when a man when a husband is honored is lifted is promoted but he represents something a glory it's the same with the Holy Spirit he works behind the scene Bible says a proverb that one woman is one who does what? Is one who wakes up early in the morning and finishes her home and hewn clothes for her husband and the children. And where does the husband sit? He sits in the gates with the counselors. It's the same with the spirit. You see the iron shirt, the iron, the, the iron pants and the, the, the suit. You see the shining suit. You don't see. It's the woman. It's the same. Because that man will, that man will be reflective of that woman. It's the same with the spirit. It's the same. Who you are in public is always represented by who you are. The fruit of intimacy with the spirit must be seen. A man who intercourses with his wife and there is no fruit is called barren because it is against nature to intercourse with your woman and there be not a fruit of that intimacy. How can you go into places of communion with the spirit and there be no fruits, fruits of intimacy? There must be fruits to show you've been intimate with the Spirit. He's the missing one in our lives. You have the support of your mother, the support structure of your colleagues, your friends, your family, your church. The Spirit is the missing element. Him whom you worship without knowing, him I declare to you. You don't know God because he moves. You know him because he speaks. You know him because he speaks. Because his words are indicative of his character, of his nature, of his person. We are better in the spirit. The Bible says he gave us the spirit to be with us forever. Forever. 
Even when you leave and go to heaven, the Spirit will still be inside you. There is no throne for the Spirit up there. You, you know where, he's, where, he, where, where is the place of the Spirit? Symbolically before the throne room of God? He's before the throne. He doesn't have a throne. His throne is the citadel of your heart. The Bible talks about the Lamb, the throne of the, the, the throne of God and of the Lamb. Why not the throne of the Spirit? You are His throne. <laughs> you are the center from which He seeks to reign. Jesus said the kingdom of God, the reign of God, the dominion of God is not without, is within. And he said, it is in the Holy Spirit. We find ourselves, not by self-introspection, we find ourselves by going on a journey in discovering the Spirit. Forget yourself. In seeking the Spirit, you will find yourself. You learn something? Look at your life. Your life is telling of your relationship with the Spirit. Your life is telling. The presence, the work of the Spirit is to stabilize, is to plant you is to fix you, fix is to root you in God. You can do so much. So much in this life. In obedience, in following, loyalty and commitment to the spirit it's what you need to find in your life if the house will be built the spirit must be there if the work will be done the spirit must be there you see the bible the bible is like a navigator. It's like a compass. His objective is to lead you somewhere. It, it by itself is not the destination. You understand? It is a navigator. It is a compass. It leads you somewhere. And where it leads you and where it should lead you is to the encounter. What we need in our generation is not Bible knowledge. We have enough of that. What we need in our Christian experience is the real, vital, working encounter with the Spirit. Not the encounter that makes you fall under the power and then life goes back to normal. 
No, I'm not talking about falling. I'm not talking about flying on cloud nine. I'm talking about meaningful, impactful encounters that alter the trajectory of your life. That fixate your mind on one goal and one goal only. The goal he set you on. So we need. Your pastor can't find that for you. Your prophet, your apostle, your whatever can't find that for you. Only you can. What they can provide you is the signboard this way. Only you decide to take the journey in that direction. There's so much in life, my brothers and my sisters. So, you know, I was listening, I was listening to uh, the testimonies you were sharing. Inspiring, touching. But there's one thing I realized. Your lives lack the adventure that the Spirit provides. If, if, if the ad oh. life is much more about good and bad happening to you, it's much more about that. Find your adventure and launch out in faith. It's my desire that through this series you will learn something, you will take away something that will transform and impact your lives greatly. You know why it's difficult for people to just leave things, turn and follow God? You know why? They have not spent enough time with Him. Once you spend enough time with God, you know there is something about God, there is something about God, about His character that will remain with you. God is faithful. And God has integrity. And God has integrity. And the integrity of God, my brothers and my sisters, is as immovable as Mount Zion. I want you to spend enough time. You, it will be much more easier following him, knowing he's faithful. Or having, having that truth imparted to you. Yeah, you see it.